Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So we have some exciting news. Um, We are going to be doing a new interactive podcast episode where we talk about UFO interactions with you, the listener. You can go ahead and check out, listed in the bio, I have a number you can call, leave a message, and I can take that and put it on air or transcribe it, or you can email. So check the bio, give us a call. We're going to be putting in this information probably in the next week or two or maybe a month, depending on how people are going to call. So call in if you have any questions about UFOs. If you have any things you would like for me to answer on UFOs, or if you have any theories on UFOs, and if you have any um, first-hand, second-hand, any interaction, please give a call. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, and today we have an interesting show for you as we are going to be covering the recent story as it relates to being, quote-unquote, blindsided, the Michael Orth-Tuli Orth-Tuli saga. This one's actually pretty interesting, and there's a lot of layers to it. So uh, sit back, relax, and listen as we get into it. A football star whose life story was featured in the movie The Blind Side, tonight suing the family who said they adopted him. Michael Orr claims Sean and Lee Ann Tui tricked him into signing a conservatorship when he was just 18, allegedly telling him it was the same thing as being adopted. He says the family made millions off the movie, which starred Sandra Bullock, but didn't share it. His attorney tonight saying or learned he wasn't actually adopted in February. Tui's have not commented. The former. I mean, this story is something that's really interesting because we all remember the blind side. I mean, the movie in itself was a blockbuster success, making close to $300 million. And I think it really prompted Michael Orr's name at the, at the top of the list. Whenever you watch that movie, I mean, I think everyone's probably seen it in North America and potentially around the world. I know I actually watched it randomly enough and I once showed it to I was actually teaching in China and I showed it to like I used to teach this film class um and I would show it there in the film class I remember watching it because the name of the high school is Wingate um University or Wingate High School and that's my last name but I digress so getting into it this is a really interesting story because we all remember the movie as it relates to this feel-good process of Michael Orr being homeless living on the streets and really kind of being found by the coach and the family and taken on and kind of we get the the warm heartfelt message that eventually the twoies go ahead and adopt michael and and he lives happily ever after you know that's kind of where the movie ended and then we get this part two potentially obviously you know because of what happened in 2009 and the success of the movie it really prompts the story and I think whenever you're looking at this story, it's really interesting because what Michael Orr is indicating or or is indicating that he was, um, in fact, didn't know he was adopted until February of 2023. And he thought he was adopted up to this point whenever when he's saying that the Thule's indicated that there was a conservatory with with them. And as a result of this relationship, what happens is it gives you kind of control over the finances. Now, whenever you listen to Michael or talk about whenever he met the Thule's, he kind of indicates he was always he's already an All-American. He was already established, and they just kind of helped him 
navigate this process. Now I'm going to go ahead and play this clip as he talks a little bit also about very it. quickly. You also want to kind of clear the air about who Michael Orr really is, as opposed to maybe how he was kind of portrayed in the movie The Blind Side, right? <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a big, uh, I, I didn't necessarily put any wrongs and rights in there, but in order for me to reach the potential and show the young ones behind me the journey that I had to go on. You know, people watching the movies, people don't understand that I was an All-American before I moved in, football but All-American before I moved in with the Tui family. I was 18 years old, a couple weeks going into my senior year of high school when I moved in. So that's why I want to get these young people to understand that and when they know, see who Michael Orr is, because it's still inspiring, it's still motivating, but I had so much more to story to give, and it took away that right there, and having young people to see it and say, hey, well, you you're made it because you got saved by someone, and that was never the case, and uh, that that's the motivation that I want to give hmm. and to continue to show. So as we get into the story right now, when we think about what Michael Orr is doing now as it relates to his career, is he's actually working on releasing another book. Now, is the timing, does it coincide with what's happening right now? It's really hard to say, but we do know that he's doing media tours, currently talking about his new book, and the book, the name of it is When Your Back's Against the Wall. So Michael Orr has been making lots of money off of his likeness within these books prior, but what's really interesting about this whole situation with this movie as it relates to the consortium, is did Michael Orr make any money off of Blindside? Well, they're using his likeness there. Within that, another clip I'm going to play, he talks how he was kind of aloof throughout this whole process because he was getting ready to be drafted. And as a result of kind of his personality, maybe it wouldn't have been the best selling point. So I'm going to go ahead and play it, but it's just kind of culminating into a very interesting story. I got it, man, I'm, I'm getting drafted. I'm playing uh, NFL, man. I got to focus on that. So I can't take the time out to go focus on this and see what's going on over here. I got to worry about what's going on on Sundays and throughout the week. And that's how I lived it. Uh, you know, when I, in time when I tried to, you know, go back and I just never had the time. And then, you know, the movie came out, things like that. But man, most definitely, most definitely, man, uh, my personality, uh, the way that I think, the way that I go about my everyday life, uh, I don't even, I don't honestly think that would even sell. You know, I didn't uh, talk to the to the uh, the people too much uh, because I mean I don't if you you know you, you guys if you get a feel for who I am right now. So you're kind of getting like the story where Michael Michael Orth is kind of presented, but. I think whenever we look at the numbers, you know, really trying to understand what happened or understand the story, it's really important to break it down in terms of net worth. I think it provides some insight. So whenever we think about Michael Orth, um, whenever we Google and determine his net worth now, in fact, I don't know if this is true, but I take it with a grain of salt. I found anywhere between 16 to $12 million as a result of his net worth. Now, with, with that being said, you would think it would be a little bit higher because of his likeness, because of his story, because of this movie. Um, Whenever you look at the Thule's, you know, if you Google their net worth, it says somewhere in the range of uh, $75 million. In addition, their two kids also have enjoyed a luxury perch. So that's from the Daily Mail, indicating roughly $75 million. 
So whenever we get into this whole situation about being sued, it's going to the point of maybe, you know, they didn't get paid. But what's so interesting is we can't really get a determinant factor. So whenever we look at the story, what happens is Mike Hoy is saying he's never received any money from the blind side. And the Tulis controlled it as a result of the conservatory, which indicated that, you know, the movie made $30 million. Now, what's what I don't get, and this is where the story gets weird, is in an, when an excerpt piece um, from the Daily Memphis, it's in, in reviewing Miss Tooley, um, Michael Orth's presumptive caretaker guardian played by Sandra Bullock, is they're saying, you know, we didn't make any money off the movie, Tooley said, in an interview with the Daily Memphis. Well, Michael Lewis, the author of the book, The Blind Side, gave us half of his share. Everyone in the family got an equal share, including Michael, which is about fourteen million each. So you you really are kind of when you read that you're like, what is exactly does that mean? But another rumor is that the Tulis negotiated on perhaps of Orth for a one time payment of two hundred and twenty five thousand as well as two point five percent of the movie proceeds. Now, in the the um, interview I just played, what we're hearing there is that he wasn't really a part of any of this movie process because as the movie was going on, the Tulis were doing the negotiation, creating the story, presumably, and kind of spearheading it. But it says that Sean Petuli is reported to have sold his franchise for over $213 million, claiming that he didn't need any money from the buying side. So... This family was already really well-to-do. You know, you think about Michael Orr being a, you know NFL football player, going to the Super Bowl, having a book written about him, and his net worth being $16 million. And you look at the family he stayed with, and, you know, they were a result of, you know, they sold for $200 million, and they're saying $200 million to $75 million is their net worth. So we know that money wouldn't have been a motivating factor, potentially, for the Thule family. I mean... I'm just using it as a potential um, framework for what's going on, you know, and what's really strange is like we don't know because what makes it really interesting is Michael Orr didn't sign any paperwork until his senior year playing at the school. By then he was an All-American. So you're really wondering what his decision was because, in fact, we don't really know the true likeliness of this story. Now, I think we all remember Sean Tooley Jr., from the movie, the kid was very charismatic. Well, he actually went on Barstool, and they interviewed him and kind of went into it. And I'm going to go ahead and play a little excerpt off that podcast just to provide a little insight Number into one those comments. He's saying the, the conservatorship versus the adoption. I know you talked a little bit about Kevin. Like, what is your take on on that's the main claim, right? And and pretty recent, as February 2023 is when. Michael says he realized the difference and what it meant. Like, what did you... But, but wait, you even even before you answer that, if you're saying this is like his... There's been multiple lawsuits regarding this conservatorship? Not against, not, against like the, not against the family specifically, but to the movie companies and all that kind of stuff. I believe this is not the first. Got it. Uh, okay. Go around. So, so he had he had issues, was, was suing other entities, then finds out that he wasn't technically adopted, but it's a conservatorship, and that's when he puts you guys in the, in the crosshairs. Again, I don't, I don't want to speak to things here. Well, let me, I'm going to preface in case someone says this, this, this freaking guy, I'm not going to listen to him anymore. I'm, I'm going to preface by saying that um, I, I love Mike at 16. I love Mike at now he's, what, 16 and a half years old, 37. 
um, and I love them at 67. So there's not going to be any legal dossier or, or um, thing that happens that's going to maybe, you know, go like, screw that guy. It's, it's not the case. I'll, I'll be mad at him. Um, but to your initial point, no, I mean, if he says he learned that in February, I find that hard to believe. There's, so I went back to my text today to look at, uh, I was curious today randomly to go back to look at our family group texts and, and text to see what things had been said. And there were things back in 2020, 2021 that they were like, you know, if you guys give me this much, then I won't go public with things. And um, so I don't know that's true. I think everyone learned in the past year about the, the conservatorship stuff because of Britney Spears. So maybe that's the case. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, it doesn't. So, when- so once again, it's like we get this interesting aspect from the Thule's. I don't think Sean Thule's necessarily representing. It's really weird. He went on Barstool and talked about it. I wouldn't have done that or I wouldn't have advised him. Not that I'm the, a lawyer or anything, but it's really strange. But whenever you're getting kind of him asking the questions, he is dodging him. So he's very aware of what's happening from a lit- litigation standpoint. Now, to me, there's a lot more questions than really answers, and I'm sure that's what everyone's thinking. Like, the first is, how does Mike Ord know or not know if he's really officially adopted? You know, what did they sell, tell him? What is the paperwork they signed him? They had this clear moment in the movie where they talk about a scene where he's being interviewed, asking if the Ords are trying, or that if the Tulis are trying to make money off of him. And he says, no, you know, they're their family, they take care of him, and things like that. So we have that within the movie, and it's just an interesting scene for it now to come to this point and saying that, in fact, that they, he took advantage of them. Now, what's also coinciding in this is, I was saying before, is Mike Orth has a book that he's releasing, and it's really interesting that as he writes a book about himself and his likeness, he's going back and suing the family that he's saying took advantage of him. Now, is it a coincidence? It's hard to say, you know. I think in a lot of ways it seems interesting that he's trying to go another round to make money off his likeness without the Tulis. So in a way he's trying to separate himself from that family and within the kind of the interview that I played earlier, it seems like that's a point where he's like, Hey, you know, that's really never how um I was I, I am or I'm perceived, you know, but he does say it did help potentially with sales to focus on his likeness that way to create a better story. So he is saying that as well. Now, whenever I truly like look at this from an analytic standpoint, what I think is, you know, it's hard to say what the Thule's intentions were. We know they had money, okay? We know they were physically capable and they were able to provide. Um, we know that they had him sign paperwork at 18. That's a true fact. We know that what we're learning about the paperwork is, in fact, it was a um, conservatory not the actual adoption. We have Sean Tooley saying on a recording that potentially he would have already known that. Um, and within a family text saying, hey, in fact, in 2001, you know, pay me a certain amount of money and I won't go public. Now, we can confirm nor deny that. But what that is saying is that the Tooleys knew way before this. I mean, they, I knew they knew, but they had talked about it potentially. So I think in retrospect, it's understanding what their intention was with it. That really will tell us if they were trying to make money off of Michael's likeness or were they potentially doing it to protect them. I think really how we know about it as it relates to the Britney Spears stories whenever she was going a little bit wild and, you know, everyone was saying free Britney and that's kind of where this whole story picked up. And are the Thule's currently now making money off his likeness? And I think that's really 
the story, I think there's a lot more to it and there's a lot more to cover. So it's going to be interesting what happens in the coming days. I think both sides have their own stories, obviously, but I think there's still a lot to learn about what each one of them are and how they're potentially influencing one another. So what is the truth in this? I think it's going to come out. So thank you guys so much for listening and we'll get back to you tomorrow.